Welcome back to the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. My name is Michelle Wright. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your very busy weekend schedule to join us here. We really appreciate it. Let me give you the phone number so you can reach Michael and the team. It's 866-943-2351. That's 866-943-2351. On the web, we're at leanonthewall.com. We have got a very special guest in studio today. We've been talking about it, and I'm glad that we have Mireille Alleman. She is a PhD at Palm Beach Atlantic University and in charge of the research lab there. And Mireille, tell us a little bit about what you're doing with breast cancer, what your research is, and and all of that. I find that very, very interesting. Well, hello, Michelle, and thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, So, yeah, I do work on trying to find out whether there are some uh, organisms that we can use. uh, And really, we're trying to take some cues, not only from nature, but also from our past. We're looking for ancient remedies. We're looking from tribal remedies that are known to have some medicinal virtues. And we're testing those in the context of breast cancer specifically. I'm also looking uh, at a type of breast cancers. There are very different types of breast cancers. Most of the breast cancers, 70% of breast cancers, is uh, dependent upon the estrogen and progesterone hormones. About 30% of breast cancers are not depending on those hormones to grow, develop, and thrive. Now, the 70%, which obviously is the greater part of breast cancers, mostly the one that is the, I don't want to say easier, but that is easier to target in terms of developing therapies. Those breast cancers that are the ones that are independent are much harder to target. Hmm. They're usually the more aggressive ones, and they're usually the ones with the uh, least hopeful prognosis. Hmm. So tougher tougher to target. Yes, much tougher to target, much tougher to treat. And so I am particularly interested in those cancers that we call hormone-independent cancers. So the ones that are, me raise the ones that are a little bit more challenging to kind of fight, ones that are a little bit more Uh, Fast-growing, I guess is what I'm hearing you saying. Is that correct? They may be fast-growing or they may not. It's not always in the growth and rapidity. Mm. It's more in how aggressive they are and how hard they are to target. Mm. Mainly, a lot of the therapies that are out there right now and that are working tremendously well in breast cancers are those Herceptin-type treatments that target what we call the HER2 receptor. So it's basically basically a protein that is found on the surface of the cell and the drug specifically target that protein. Mm. The problem with the hormone independent cancers is that they do not have any such protein on their cell surface because they can grow and develop without the hormone. And so because they do not have those hormone signals we can't target them with the common known uh, chemotherapeutic agents. Wow. So let me ask you this, because I know we talked a little bit about, uh, Michelle, we were off air here a little bit and just talking with Mireille about some different things and how the research has changed. Mm -hmm. And Mireille, you had mentioned about, from the pharmaceutical perspective, I guess, it's become more important to really align with academics. And and is that correct? Right. Tell us a little bit about what you're seeing there and why that's beneficial to the end 
user, which would be essentially be the consumer that, you know, God forbid, would get cancer. Right. So historically, people in academia, people such as myself in higher learning institutions conducting what is called basic research. And so with basic research, you can do a lot. You can develop a lot of knowledge, uh, but you get to a point where you're really, your hands are tied. We cannot do those pharmaceutical trials. We can't really get into those phase trials. Likewise, with industry and pharmaceutical companies, what they're starting to find right now is that there could be some true symbiosis, if you will, some true collaboration between academics and pharmaceuticals without necessarily merging 100%. Mm. But, mm-hmm. um, and, and it also helps in decreasing the cost of research. Everybody knows that research is extremely expensive uh, and there are so many years of trials and sometimes millions and millions of dollars spent only to let go of a potential treatment. And so hmm. this idea of trying to partner with academics without them being on the payroll really is helping. It's helping us further the research and it's helping pharmaceutical companies cutting down on some of the cost while still being hmm. able to take advantage of the progress of the knowledge. Because you're going to be doing at the you know academic level, you guys are going to be doing the research anyways, uh, wanting to kind of find and discover and fine tune. And Michelle, I know that this is something that's kind of near and dear to your heart in a lot of ways too. And, you know, breast cancer and cancer in general has really caught America and, and the world by storm, hasn't it? It has. And Mireille, I wanted to ask you and kind of pull back a little bit and just Mm -hmm. generally what got you interested in this as far as wanting to find a natural remedy to something that that has exploded, really. And then if people are interested, I mean, I've got a very strong history of breast cancer in my family. And I know there are a lot of people out there who have been touched by breast cancer in that and may not know that there are natural remedies available. Right. Well, I think the answer is twofold. I mean, the first thing is uh, what got me interested in general in into this research field. Mm -hmm. Well, I've always been extremely interested in medicine, but I knew from early on that I was interested in the science of it Mm -hmm. rather than the patient care. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not that there's anything wrong with it. It just wasn't for me. And I, I was very clear on that. And I understood that. I was, however, still very interested in advancing the knowledge and being able to develop possible therapy. Mm. Uh, The idea of getting involved with natural compounds um, really came from, you know, the fact that we should take cues from creation Mm. and Mm -hmm. we should take cues from nature. A lot of medicines that are currently even being used, for example, uh, one of the compounds that is used to treat leukemia was uh, derived from the periwinkle plant. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's still a lot of wealth and there's still a lot of investigation that has not occurred yet that we can find in nature. You know, there's nothing wrong with synthetic drugs if they work, but there's also this um, increasing understanding that maybe we're not looking enough into natural compounds and natural organisms. Also revisiting Mm. our past and revisiting those things that have worked in tribal settings Mm. and in ancient history. Do you think now, uh, because, you know, you bring up a great point that I'm I'm a big fan of. I know my wife is is very much in, interested me, Ray, in 
uh, organic and natural. Mm -hmm. We we use a lot of oils Mm -hmm. for a lot of things. I mean, just on a real simple basis, if I go and get sunburn, I don't get the aloe anymore. I use lavender. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's gone. No, no peeling, you know, it's taken care of. And so obviously in the medical field, I see what you're saying as far as reaching back and bringing in some of the history that's out there already, some of these other tribal things that are happening. Do you really see or feel, because, you know, one of the things that I think of is the medical field and the uh, drug field, so Mm -hmm. to speak, is such a machine when it comes to money and making money. I mean, that's just the reality of the Mm -hmm. story. Uh, Obviously, on the investment side, a lot of times we're, you know, really... Uh, checking out, researching companies that are profitable for reasons of making money, but it's it's a huge money maker. Right. So my question is: is do you think, from your perspective as you research, et cetera, that there's really an openness to move to to more of a natural feel that may not necessarily add the same to the bottom line potentially, but may add a much greater result to the consumer. What do you think about that? Well, yes and no. Although I would say that it can still become, see, this is this is a tricky thing. Mm-hmm. We can find something from nature that has tremendous efficacy against a particular type of cancer or against a particular type of bacterial or microbial infection. We, you know, we can still produce that particular molecule in the laboratory and synthetically afterwards anyways. I see. So we, you know, we have the knowledge, we have the Mm. chemistry, we have the potential and the Mm -hmm. possibilities to still recreate that particular drug. Okay. Not to say that we couldn't necessarily use it naturally Mm -hmm. and straight from the plant. So the two exist, I think, in parallel. Mm -hmm. and, And there's still this issue of trying to find new ways. A lot of the drugs historically that were used in a lot of cancers uh, were typically really dangerous to the rest of your body. For one thing, they basically attacked any dividing and any growing cell healthy or not. And Mm. that was this old type of chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a lot of times they actually included heavy metals. And so they were highly damaging to the rest of the viable cells. We've moved quite a bit away from that now. And we're trying to look at at gene therapy or targeted therapy that really targets uh, those particular molecules in the body that are responsible for a portion of disease progression. Um, And now we're starting to go back to we have all these things and yet cancers are still winning. So Mm. why not expend? Why not look at nature? And so I think that it's not always go to organic or go to chemistry, but it's how can we marry those two fields and and find and maximize Marry them together. Yeah, that's a great point. I know, Michelle, we got to head to break here. Um, one of the things I want to talk about next time as well, and this is kind of a little bit of a segue, but, you know, uh, Mireille was mentioning about the importance of science and, and training and, and, and not only in what she's doing, but getting the next generations and some of the underrepresented kids out there involved in this in research and understanding how, you know, A connects with B and so on and so forth. So, but I know we got to head to break. Is that right? Am I, am I catching it right on the time here? You are catching it right on the time. And to hear that, the answer to that question and more of our interview with Mireille Alleman, I want you to go ahead, log on to leanonthewall.com, hear the complete interview. We'll be right back with more of the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall right after this. Welcome back to the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. My name is Michelle Wright. Let me go ahead and give you the phone number here. It's 866 866- 
866-943-2351. That's 866-943-2351. Now, we're continuing our conversation with Mireille Alleman. And Mireille, we were talking a little bit before in the last segment about natural remedies to mm-hmm. breast cancer or just cancers in general. And really, I think a lot of people still think, hey, this is the old treatment that's going on. And, you know, you're going to go with the chemo and the chemo is just killing all cells. But yeah. what you're saying is uh, there's some new ways, but it's really the marriage between the both that's most effective. Well, and that is my opinion. You know, I, I always put myself in a situation where I'm thinking, what if this was me? What would I do? Mm-hmm. Especially with all the knowledge that I have. And my point has always been and my advice to, you know, friends and families that are undergoing treatment right now is, Yes, there is new things. And yes, there are what you would call more natural approaches. But do not discard the old for the new. Listen, if it were me... I would seek whatever is available right now. I would consult with an oncologist. I will take those treatments, even though I know that they could damage my good cells as well. As far as I'm concerned, I want that sucker out of my body (laughs) and I will use whatever means I can. I will supplement. I will research. I will look at options, but I will not throw away what has been shown in the past to still be effective, at least to a point. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to remember that there's a lot of information and you know there's a lot of hopeful information that really shouldn't be circulating Mm -hmm. either even about natural product Mm -hmm. even about organic things you know you look on the internet and often somebody will tell you about oh this plant it's going to cure everything in the common cold Mm -hmm. right well I, i would be very leery of just you know, eating that broccoli, although I love broccoli, or <laughs> eating whatever the case may be, because, you know, it, it's always really um, surprising to me when one thing is going to cure everything. Yeah. And that's not the way it is. Well, it's you're right. And it, it's, it's the old idea of uh, one size fits all, right. right? And that's just not the case. No. So even like, you know, Michelle, when we sit down with people and, and help them with their portfolio, I mean, it's mm-hmm. a tailored fit. Right. You know, what's right for John may not be right for Sally, may not be right for Susie, may right. not be right for whoever. So I hear what you're saying there, Marie, and that's really important. What What do you think is the, um, you know, in the industry in general, some newer trends? Is there is there one or two particular types of research or things that you're really seeing that, that is kind of really taking off or getting a lot of momentum, getting a lot of funding? Right. Well, a lot of things that we're seeing that's really marrying technology with medicine and advancement and treatment is this idea of personalized medicine. Mm. That is one of the hottest things right now that is progressing, being funded. I mean, you see it even in the tweets of the NIH director. You you see it everywhere. This idea of personalized medicine, which hopefully will also transition us from treatment to prevention. And, and that's the same idea that you're applying mm. the financial field. Mm. Not, you know, not every client mm-hmm. is going to need the same financial advisement. Not every client is at the same point in their life. And it's exactly the same thing with medicine and treatment. Not every patient is even with the same disease, is going mm. to present the same way, same way and is going to have the same 
uh, kind of, if you will, genetic makeup. Mm -hmm. And because we're targeting genes now rather than everything and anything in the body, this idea of personalized medicine is certainly becoming uh, much more widespread. I mean, you have apps now that help you take your blood pressures. Mm -hmm. You have apps that help you with monitoring your vitals. And and all of that goes together with integrating uh, this personalized medicine and with with people taking much higher stocks in their own health. Yeah. You know, Michelle, one of the things that I think of when she says about that connecting technology, but not throwing out the old. Right. You know, I I think of um, Mireille, you know, obviously everybody still uses a a phone, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But we don't use it the way we used to use it. Right. We don't pick it up and, you know, hit the nine Mm -hmm. and (laughs) (laughs) the the rotary phone doesn't exist anymore, at least in antiques, you know, so we still use the wave or the ability to communicate the same way. We just use a different tool. And and so I think that's kind of what you're saying is marrying the new with the old. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. Michelle, what are you seeing um, as as you connect with people? I know obviously you've been in radio and Mm -hmm. kind of done a lot of report and, you know, really research over the years in the field and things. What have you seen that's become important or that's that's something that Mireille can add value to in your process? You know what's interesting, and, and I appreciate that, is really reaching out and kind of bringing in the younger generation and, mm. and how that works because uh, we joke a lot, you know, at work of just how kids today don't know about X. Like, mm. they have no clue mm. what a rotary phone is, yeah. let alone, you know, like <laughs> yeah. how you would use it. There was a video right. that I saw where they put um, a bunch of teenagers in a room with a push-button phone <laughs> and they were just kind of stunned. And so with that, Mireille, I also know that you're really working to kind of bring children and and Mm -hmm. teens and kids who may not know about this or really get into more of the science and technology aspect of of treatment. Tell me a little bit about that. Tell us about that. So one of the things that I'm really um, passionate about is education and especially reaching out to inner city children. Um, We do have a lot of children who right now, you know, can barely make it to school because their parents doesn't don't have the mean to drive them Mm -hmm. or their parents are not involved in their life. So their parents are working three jobs and simply can't be there in the morning to wake them up. And those are children that have great potentials, but we need to really invest ourselves in their lives. And so I've been really involved with uh, some children in inner cities that are underrepresented. Actually, one of the things that really sparked my interest, especially lately in one of the grants that I'm uh, writing, a proposal I'm writing, has to do with collaborating through mentorship. Mm. Um, I am interested in working with businessmen and women, with executives, with trade people, and I want to bring them in the schools. I'm trying to develop a curriculum with an elementary that feeds into a middle school, that feeds into a high school to have the continuum. And we're actually hoping to set a pilot that can be duplicated mm. and exported to a lot of different areas whereby we are getting mentors in the schools, people 
people that have real trade, real life experience. There's people that will tell their kids, listen, you're learning about adding in math. I'm going to tell you something. It's extremely important because I'm a financial advisor mm -hmm. and you need to be able to do that without reaching out to, to a calculator. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you need to do it on the go to show your market and to show your audience that you're educated enough to add and that you're going to be watching their monies and their numbers. Mm -hmm. And so I want to bring those sort of real experiences to children. I want them to meet executives. I want them to hear their stories. I want them to see that a lot of people that have been successful in their fields may have started in a house that has holes mm -hmm. and with a roof that's mm -hmm. leaking. They need to see the importance of what they're studying right away and they need to be given that hope that they can do the same. To see how it connects and, and all, all the dots come together. And Absolutely. it's so true because, you know, when you take a look at a lot of people, you know, Michelle, we were talking a little off air, uh, Mireille and I, and the idea that, you know, I've been in the game for about 15 years. We've been very blessed in a lot of ways in helping people manage their wealth. But, you know, it's the tip of the iceberg, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of, I love the quote that says, unspectacular preparation precedes <laughs> spectacular performance, right? Sure. And it's the off the field stuff that a lot of people just don't see. And so the idea of getting, uh, Mireille, the, the, the next generation, we'll call it, you know, right. involved, excited, inspired, mm -hmm. you know, desiring to learn. I mean, the reason America, I really believe, became one of the best uh, countries in the world in a lot of ways is because of just the free format of just learning and desiring to learn, having to figure it out, right? Right, right. Well, and Michael, the thing is that, you know, a lot of times we've equated uh, access to affluence mm -hmm. and those kids will never have access mm -hmm. in those neighborhoods because they do not have affluence. And, you know, not everybody is college material. Right, no and doubt. What do we do with those kids? We yeah. can still show them how successful they can mm -hmm. be in a trade. Right. They can still meet the business owners that did not go to college mm -hmm. and that were successful. And that is not promoting not going to college, no, yeah. but that is thinking of those children. And we need to be able to provide access when there is no affluence because frankly, those that have affluence have access. Yep. And we need to kind of flip that upside down. And there's a lot of, you know, Michelle, I know we've talked about it. I mean, look at Br Richard Branson and, and the list goes on and on. There's a lot of people that never graduated from college, let right. alone high school, right. that are wildly successful. And, uh, you know, so that's important. Well, Mireille, we just have about a minute left. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you want to share in a kind of confined space to the listeners that you feel is really important, maybe for them to kind of prepare in advance uh, or to be kind of eyes wide open about. And one last note, is there any way that they can find out more information about you and where right. do they go to find that out? Sure. Well, one of the things I think that's that's really on my mind right now is, is this advance of technology and um, don't just move on without reflecting on the past. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of trades even are being eradicated because of the advance of technology. And we want to make sure that while we advance with our times, we continue focusing on the next generation and we continue wanting to make sure that they have a future. Um, and for more information, you can always uh, go to uh, Palm Beach Atlantic University website at pba.edu. And if you uh, just do a search for my name, you can find me there. Great. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us Thank today. Thank you very much. Yep.
Thank and you. Mich- yeah, no, I was going to say this has been super educational. And again, if you want to get in touch with me, Ray, find out more about what she is doing, whether it's in the cancer research area or the mentoring area, you can hit pba.edu or you can always give Michael a call because he can get in touch with her. Let me give you that phone number. It's 866 943 2351. 866-943-2351 or go ahead and go to leanonthewall.com for a complete interview with me Ray head to leanonthewall.com hear it all right there I want you to stay tuned we'll have more of the wealth and health show with Michael Wall coming up next